0: Welcome everybody, Russ McDonough. Episode six of the Vet Files coming at you. Um, so uh, this this week's guest, uh, Steve George Wilkins. Um, a little bit more of an emotional one this week, I guess. Uh, I've known Steve since well, I don't know two thousand and two. Last time I seen him was about two thousand and six. So we worked together a good few years. Um, now, as I said, if you've come here from the YouTube video, you would have heard me say this already. But unfortunately, Steve's story, at least the beginning part of it, is not an uncommon one. Um, 24 years in the court, he's left the military, and then he's, you know what, he's he's then had a bit of a difficult time of it, a tough time of it. Um, and luckily for, for for everyone involved, you know, he he recognised what needed to change and he, he, he reached out and he, he got the help he needed. Um what makes this such an in- interesting story is that it inspired him so much that he then retrained as a as a therapist to, to help give back into that community of not just veterans but also, you know, anybody who is who is struggling these days uh with with their mental health. Um in this podcast Steve will go a bit more into detail about the struggles he he was he had when he was you know in that dark place, um, but again on the same token he goes a lot more into detail about coming out the other side and the hope and and he's you know he's he's got advice for anyone out there listening and they're you know they're struggling take Steve's words to heart and and hopefully you know reach out and and go from there. But anyway, um, Steve Wilkins, here he is. Welcome everybody, uh, welcome to another podcast and this week again I'm very honoured to have an age old friend, Steve Wilkins, uh, I think the last time we've seen Steve was 2006 down in Poole, uh, but we've known each other for probably 18 years, something mm. like
1: that, yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, I will let Steve introduce himself and then uh, we'll get into it, it's over to you Steve Me.
1: Hello everyone. I'm Steve Wilkins. I'm a former Royal Marines commander uh, of 24 years. Now a clinical
0: hypnotherapist and life coach. How's everyone doing? Awesome, dude. Thanks for being on here, man. No problem. Thank massively, you for coming, massively bro. appreciated. Thank uh, you. Well, we'll jump straight straight into it. Uh, obviously, you just said 24 years as a as a Royal Marine. <laughs> if you can think back all those years, man, why? did you want to be a Royal Marine? What made you want to join the forces? And and then in particular, why become a bootneck?
1: Tell you what, it was, I'd always wanted to be in the military. And ever since I could remember, I was just always, always enjoyed watching and reading and looking at the old films, old books, magazines. And it was actually funny I was at the in the early 80s at school and I had to fill in a questionnaire in careers and they asked you about 20 questions and you get out the old um print out the massive old print from the early 80s the computers and it give you the list of your top 20 jobs number one was Royal Marine. Awesome. Right? And that was when I was about 11. So then, that just stuck, I said, right, that's what I'm going to do.
0: And then, how, you, how old were you going to join? I was 18 when I joined. What year? 1988. So I, I was six years old and you were joining the call. So, uh, <laughs> Jesus, man. Um, so obviously, it was, it was mega different in those days, man, training. You know, we evolve and, and training's evolved and that, but how uh, how was it? How did you find training as, a, as an eighteen-year-old? I tell you what,
1: I listen to people in the stories and all say, "Oh, it was absolutely horrendous. I hated it. I just wanted it to finish." Do you know what? I think I'm going to probably book the trend. Yeah, I absolutely love training. Yes, it was hard, mentally and physically, uh, but I really did enjoy it. Uh, great set of lads that you could put together from all different walks of life. All young lads who are all after the same goal in in the green lid. And a lot of those lads who I started training with still meet up now once a year. Just for a catch up. Mm. It is it's it's absolutely brilliant. Brilliant, you know.
0: That's 32 years ago yeah yeah uh, uh, that's, that's crazy <laughs> and then uh obviously we were, you know we'll, we'll fly through this bit because I, I I know what I want to talk about with you mainly but life is a life is a bootneck then How was it ups and downs what was yeah, the greatest hits
1: ups and downs um pasta went up to four five uh joining at your company so you your company for a bit uh, then joined anti-tanks and support company and done that for a few years, uh, then basically went sort of all all over the course, doing different jobs, both driving and um, coxswaining and working for Seer. SIA. Um, SIA being, just SIA, in case anyone doesn't know what it is. Seer being, stands for it's an acronym uh survive evade resist and escape and i was the r bit uh the resist i basically used to teach people how to resist interrogation awesome yeah so it, it was it was uh it was very interesting
0: <laughs> i bet man yeah 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 and then um so you did that, and that was, so actually, when we were chatting before, you said you, you spent a bit of time on a training team. I did at the end
1: of my time, uh, for two and a half years, that's where I ended up, so I started at Limson, and I, I ended my career at Limson. Uh, I ended up, was taking the recruits trainer. Mm. Yeah, it was, uh, that, that again, very interesting job, getting the lads, brand new. Royal Marine recruits don't know a thing about what they're getting themselves into and then spending the whole of the eight months training them and then seeing what you've achieved with them and what they've achieved really on at the end and you see the massive difference in them and it's, and it's, a, it's the job satisfaction on that Final day on their pass out is absolutely awesome. I've you know? right. great. It's it's great. To see, it's it's a great. The feeling that you've helped them achieve their aim mm-hmm. is absolutely outstanding. You know,
0: what's the? Uh, you're you're quite in a way you've got a, not a unique because obviously you know we we provide our the training teams are serving bootnecks necks, but. With you, it's like you join an ATA and then you started trading nods through in what 2010. <laughs> yeah. like that's that's a crazy. That's uh, 22 years later. Uh, what? How's it changed? How's it, how's Linzton's changed in that 22 years? So obviously it'll be even different now. Yeah.
1: Um, is it better? Um, is it is it worse? I would say the training is better. I mean, when I went through training and probably around that time and a lot of the bootnecks before me would say you used to get a lot more beasts for absolutely no reason whatsoever off the training team. Now, I mean, I mean, this was uh, it was 10 years ago, so it's probably improved even more now, that you can, you, the nods, as we're calling the recruits, are trained A lot more now there's more emphasis on actually the training that goes into them instead of just giving them a beast and a thrashing just for the sake but yes they still they still do, do get a hard time but only if they're fucked up if it's deserved then they will get a hard time but not just for the sake of it as many people out there can probably um Say yes, I remember getting a beast for absolutely no reason whatsoever, <laughs> and it was and it was just horrendous. And they say, yeah, it's it's character building, it's this that, and you're like, yes, it is, but you don't learn anything from getting a beast for absolutely no reason whatsoever because it's just what's what's there's absolutely no point in it. It's it's just it's it's a waste of time, and you're actually wasting valuable time mm. by the nods not getting trained mm. you know
0: and you're probably do you reckon you, you're losing some good potential marines there who are, who are like I don't need to be doing this This because if, if like you say if you're beasting someone for no point mm. then certain people were like I understand if you if I've fucked up mm-hmm. but if for the, if you're not doing it for any reason I'm out of here there's, yeah. there's got to be a reason for it and you, you could be losing some good lads
1: with that you could be yeah I mean I did see a few good lads leave uh, I don't believe it was for Let's say the recorrective training, but there was other. But the majority of lads now in training, what I've seen, we do try to keep them. Uh, we do try to pass out as many as we can for all the right reasons. Not, it's still not a numbers game. Yeah. If they're not good enough, they still will not pass. It's as simple as that. So the standards haven't dropped at all. Um. I just think it's it's structured better now mm-hmm. it's structured a lot more better now yeah it is
0: awesome yeah. and that's what every former bootneck wants to wear isn't it ultimately that the standards haven't dropped of course in and, and it's the old saying would you
1: be happy to pass this lad out mm-hmm. to go and serve in a unit with your mates on the front line or wherever and the answer to that is, yes, I did. Every lad that I trained, I was happy to say, yes, you can go and stand side by side with my
0: mates in the unit. Okay. More than happy to say that, yeah. Well, right. Quality. And then, uh so you leave the call. Mm-hmm. I'll let you kind of uh, <laughs> just tell your story here, man. So, so left in
1: 2012... Um, and had a plan A. Now plan A didn't go quite as I expected it to do so I So then it went to B, C, D, E, <laughs> F, G yeah. and all those other plans didn't work. Now the, the main reason being I found the transitional period very hard from military to civilian life. And then also as well, a few, let's say, the demons starting to the rear their ugly head. And I was diagnosed with post-traumatic stress injury in 2013. Now, a lot of people say it's still PTSD and the D B being a disorder. I don't believe it's a disorder. I believe it's an injury. It's an injury to the brain. It's the unseen bullet. And I started to drink and self-medicate a lot with alcohol to try and get rid of these demons. And life wasn't good then. It went very, very dark. And to the point where I sort of had enough and... Did, it came to that point where I needed some help and the biggest, hardest point in my life then was admitting to myself that I had a problem, uh, which I did. soon as I did that I felt a massive weight lifted mm-hmm. off because then the help did come. Uh, I, I contacted a charity veterans shout that dealt with the, the PPSI issues and they sent the coach up to my house um, a couple of sessions later and just what he done I, I was so inspired and amazed at the techniques and the way that he turned my life around in those sessions that totally inspired me to go, then I thought to myself, yeah, right, this is what I want to do now because yeah. I think I've got a lot to give, a lot of life experience, a lot of military experience. They've been there, the seen it, they've done it, the absolutely shitloads of T-shirts that you get. <laughs> and, and that's what I've done. So I started my path to be a... A clinical hypnotherapist and life coach in 2015 and that's and that's what I do now and so I've got my own private practice which is northeast.co, where I see anybody off the street for stress anxiety smoke and cessation weight loss all those good things that you go and see a hypnotherapist for and also work for military charities, Uh, the most recent one being Helper Squaddy, where basically I help help of veterans who are suffering from mental health problems. Now, it's funny because if people say mental illness, it's sort of, it's stigmatised and mental illness is the same as saying mental health problem. You say mental health problem, straight away, that is Mm destigmatized, I believe. So what I do is I go and I see these veterans who are suffering and I can totally empathise with them because, as I say, I've been there, seen it, done it. Nothing shocks me. I don't judge. And... I've seen probably over a hundred veterans since I've been doing this, and I could hand on heart say I've helped virtually every single one of them and changed their lives around, and no doubt saved a few lives as well. I mean, even once I got sent to see a lad uh, who I knew wasn't doing really well with his mental health, and actually walked in on him when he was he was setting up a lane to hang himself. Literally, I got there, was just in time, and obviously we spoke about it and his reasons for doing this, that and the other, and I actually still have that lane in my garden shed now. Which I used to tie down the tarpaulin on me, on me, uh, on my garden table. So it did have a use in the end. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, there's a lot of veterans out there now and civilians who, because they think that it's still a stigma attached. Or it's weak to talk about mental health that they don't ask for help. Now I can, I can tell you now that yes I know it's hard because I've done it, but admitting yourself you, that you've got that problem then asking for help you are literally half way there. Mm. That is half the battle and, and I know so many people Lads, lasses, who have have taken their own lives simply because they didn't ask for help. And it's so, so sad. It's so sad because there's so much help out there. Mm. Now, even I seen a veteran a few months ago, and he had been under the NHS umbrella for 12 years for his mental health. I've seen him for literally three hours and totally he's, he said to me I can't believe how how you've done it and what you've done but I, I changed his perception on life and his words to me were at the end of the session Steve you should be prescribed on the NHS which, which I, I just thought was absolutely Mind blown, and I was, I was uh, because I, 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 I don't believe the NHS know how the military mind acts, works, thinks. And because I've seen a lot of veterans who have tried to have help off the NHS, it hasn't worked, but go to a charity. And and they see me, and it works. So whatever I do, which I know what I do, I I do a lot of good. It helps. I'm not your typical therapist. I'm not your typical life coach. I don't wrap you up in fucking cotton wool. I tell you how it is. We work on it. Exercises, coping mechanisms, coping strategies, and we get the job done. You know, and it is. It is. It is it's. It, it's. It's absolutely euphoric. It's. It, it is really good, and I'm mega, mega passionate about what I do. doing mega passionate. Mm-hmm. Love it.
0: Just um, obviously I know you know you you've been through it, so that gives you an insight into what a lot of therapists. You know, it's all well and good reading from a book on what the correct things, the procedures to do, the things to say. But because you've lived through it and you've got through mm-hmm. it, when you're in the midst of it, when you were, when you were, you know, at your lowest, what sort of things? If you, you know, what tell us what you, you, you know, your daily, your, your average day was, and then you know, and, and and tell us why you felt like what what was stopping you from reaching out. Did you even think that you were suffering with it or did you just think that was like a normal way of life? Or, or Yeah, or me,
1: because I came from from day one in the Marines, when you joined, it was a drink in culture. And every problem is solved with, come on, mate, let's go for a pint. Which we know now, it doesn't always work. Yeah, sometimes I have a nice sociable drink and I still do have a sociable drink. And that's what it is now. But it turned into that being a crutch. Now I was probably well, wasn't probably, I was in a bubble. Cuz I didn't see that I had a problem. And was drinking a lot very, very heavily for about a year. And yeah, so Everything went downhill. I was losing the little crappy jobs that I had, I was losing them because obviously, plan A, B, and C didn't work. Um, But then, as I say, I got out of that dark, deep, dark hole to eventually turn my life around 180 and to do what I'm doing now. And as I say, it's, I get. I get the job satisfaction out of it because it's it's absolutely fantastic seeing a veteran or a client at the start with their problem and tailoring a solution all around them. I've got a big invisible box of tools that I call it and I just dip in and out to use some clinical hypnotherapy, some neuro-linguistic programming, some um, some cognitive behaviour therapy, um, a, th- a therapy called IEMT, Integral Eye Movement Therapy, which is great for um, the traumatic memories, with a lot of veterans have. So lots and lots of uh, different tools that I use, which 99 times out of 100, they do get the required results. Mm-hmm. You know. Good.
0: What what was the uh what was the moment or which made you realise that you needed you, you that you you needed to seek help? Was there a specific moment? Was it something family member said? Was it It was the switch
1: in the head and it went right? You're no good anyone, mate. Let's just end it. And that thought in itself is scary, but when you're not thinking straight, when you're complacent,ers that thought of you is the right thing to do. Luckily, I didn't go through with it, and found a friend who who, who steered me onto the charity, which is no longer. Actually operating because I couldn't get funding, and that and, and that charity was Save Our Soldier, which was was such a shame. Uh, as I ended up being the lead coach in the north of England for Save Our Soldier charity, mm. um, but now that's gone. And now, as I say, I now work for the Help the Charity. charity um,
0: and see veterans through them. You know, I know, when when you say they didn't get funding, how how does that whole thing work? Because surely a charity, which is which is showing yeah. that it's doing a lot of you've good, you've
1: got Russ, you've got over three thousand military charities. Yeah, you've got your massive charities that we all know. Now I know some of these big charities, the money doesn't always go where it should, uh, which is which is absolutely fucking shocking. And um, the smaller charities, you're fighting tooth and nail for every penny you're putting on bloody. Charity events which we used to do, uh, you go and we cut in hand to different different people and businesses, and it just wasn't we couldn't sustain what we were doing Mm -hmm. with the amount of work that was coming in, so it did eventually uh, have to close down, which I believe as well because it did close down probably a lot of veterans. They probably suffered because of that, because we weren't there, wrote to um, help them. You know, very sad. So, um,
0: you've when when you you know you've 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 admitted to yourself that you need you need mm-hmm. help. Mm-hmm. Where did you go from there? How did you like you know what's the process? Yeah, it was literally a phone call
1: to the charity and i think they sent somebody up to see me within a couple of days um that was it and as i say he worked what i thought was like what is this sorcery Mm. he was like a wizard he was like (laughs) an archie he was like a wizard and and and, and as and and when he left i felt as light as a feather and i felt elated it was an amazing feeling I thought right yeah we'll go and this is after how long I'm speaking to him this was in total I've seen him twice it was only after about five hours worth mm. of of um, coaching therapy we call it um so it is it it can be that quick a fix mm. must you know it really can be Now, when I see, I see veterans as well, again, everyone's different. Even sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes even even those veterans, just to talk about their problems without me really saying anything, Mm -hmm. that is their therapy. Mm. And I don't really have to do anything. So for them, if they've got that off their chest because straight away, We've both got rapport because we've both been in the military. We've got total empathy for him, and he gets that. So they open up straight away. Totally understand them, and just speaking to somebody who they can relate to. Have once been in that situation. That then. If something's enough, mm-hmm. and then let's say they've scared the black dog, the demons away, and that's good enough for them. Other times it's not, you know, and they do need a bit more intensive coaching, which is not a problem. Um, and that's and that was basically what happened to me. Yeah, uh, and then from there on,
0: things were just on the up, brilliant mm-hmm. brilliant did you did you did you get did you feel a sense of relief when you made the phone call to the charity that, that when you first touched base with them did you have a sense of relief then or was it only when when they when someone came round yeah i thought yeah
1: uh, that was okay so in your in my mind in my mind then it was right i have made the first move let's take it from there and yeah as of just as I just explained then so then straight away and I and I went public I think I even wrote it on Facebook uh, and the amount of comments of family and friends was so so positive comments mm-hmm. not not one even even the book next way you think oh there's going to be a bit of banter um, every comment was a positive comment, mm-hmm. which I found really, really humbling, really. Um, and and so glad that I did ask for help, mm-hmm. you know.
0: Well, I think, like you say, <laughs> with necks you're expecting a bit of like, lads know when to screw them up, when, when it's the time to take the piss and when it's time to be, like, and, actually, now,
1: and, and and it's funny you're saying that, because now, when I haven't like, seen lads for, years in some cases years and years and do you know what i was like in my past life as a bootneck and then they say oh so how are you getting on now and i say yeah i'm doing this that. and you're like yeah i'm a clinical hypnotherapist life coach honestly the first thing out the mouth is Fuck, oh. <laughs>
0: Standard,
1: <laughs> a standard, standard response, like yeah. A, like No, I'm your Jen. I am. I am Jen. And like that. So, and then they're really interested, mm. in why? And so they get like in the part of history, uh, and then it's just back to,
0: uh,
1: and then she's back to normal. Yeah, yeah. awesome, man.
0: <laughs> if you don't eyebrows it, yeah. <laughs> um. So obviously you you know you come out the the other side. Mm-hmm. You're feeling better about everything. Mm-hmm. Then. Yeah. Well, the next step, then what so
1: then? So then, the next step was to set up uh, my own private practice, which I did, um, northeast.co. Uh, started getting the clients through the door, learning my trade, so to speak, and, and developing a unique style, mm-hmm. uh, as I say is I'm probably not what you would expect of a therapist that you you've probably seen on the on the telly or in you know in films where like you lie on a couch and he he sits he sits with his loafers on oh, and he yeah. uh, in his big chair and he says, mm, so tell me about your childhood. Not one of them at all. Um, I think a lot of people are quite surprised at what they hear. Off me, but more surprised at their results that they get, mm-hmm. uh, which sometimes surprises me yeah. as well. Like, How oh the fuck did I do that? <laughs> <laughs> but I did, yeah, you know, and, and I do. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's it's so it's so satisfying, you know. It's a, it's a, it's a great job. I'm really passionate about it, uh, and. Just love to help out anybody now who's in any sort of trouble, because th- because I'm giving back. Is um, some of the things you do and say the military, and I you shouldn't really, as human beings, say or do, and and the reactions we have to those, it's basically. It's a normal reaction to an abnormal situation. And that is what can trigger you having or an individual having some type of post-traumatic stress incident, let's say, you know, Mm. Uh, and this this might rear its ugly head. I mean, up to what, um, 15, 20 years later, which it did with me, in a way, really, with a couple of things that I'd, I'd seen as a young Marine, as a young 21-year-old Marine, on my first tour of Iraq in 1991, and uh, when I had literally probably a 7 to 10 day old baby uh, was given to me by its mother. And on the half an hour journey to the first aid post, uh, it died in my arms. And when I passed it over to the medic, he said, yeah, mate, uh, it's dead. And that didn't hit me for y- until years later. And then, But when it did, I sort of... I blamed myself and when really it wasn't it wasn't my fault yeah, it was it was mega sad and horrendous thing that a newborn baby it would die like basically in your care for the half an hour that it was in my arms wrapped in a foil blanket and um, and that did hit me hard years later but with the help but I did get, it, and, and we did come to the conclusion that, me it? It, it, it wasn't your fault. I, I had no control over that young child's life, you know. Um, and small things like that, that can hit you la- years and years later, but then can mount up and mount up and mount up and other little things and these things can get bigger and bigger and bigger but you can be fixed and as we say a broken crayon it can still bloody colour in (laughs) can't it? it can still work like that crayon and we but next we love crayons don't
0: (laughs) so much so we eat them apparently (laughs) Uh, yeah one one thing I'm I'm mega interested to hear a bit more about dude is is the hypnotherapy side of things Mm -hmm. like how how long does training did, to learn how to do that? One, just to learn how to do it, and two, to do it to do it safely, I guess.
1: Yeah, uh, right. I done all my training, the majority of my training up in Aviemore, in Scotland. A uh, class, uh, a class trainer, and that was a three-month course, and on and off up there have you more, and um, quite intense, but mega relaxed, and so it was all brand new, you're learning all brand new stuff, and speaking of the subconscious mind, and nothing like what you see on the telly, like the stage, not for McKenna, no. No. honestly, everybody thinks it's like <laughs> what you see on the telly, with... A watch dangled in front of your fucking eyes, and uh, looking to my eyes, <laughs> looking the room, not look around the room, at my eyes. Uh, it's no like that at all. It's basically, it's the most relaxed you've ever been in your life, and and I speak to the the unconscious mind. Yeah. Um, But to get you to that stage, uh, there's a lot of information gathering and suggestibility and just getting you to, the, to a really, really relaxed state. I mean, you're not asleep at all. Mm. You're not asleep. yet. You're just really aware, but it's called a somnambulistic trance. It's basically, it can be sort of, Lake in two, if you were sleepwalking, but obviously you're not sleepwalking. Mm-hmm. Um, you're yeah, that relaxed, and, and that's basically how, it, in a nutshell, without going into the science of it, that's basically how it works. And then once you come out of this, this trance, and your brain will then start to. Work and it will analyze it in its own way, and that's when what we've spoken about and what's happened, and what I've, I've sort of planted inside the unconscious mind no tricks, nothing like that that's when it, it'll start to work. Mm.
0: I find, I find it fascinating, man. It is.
1: It's, uh, it's. I could say it, it's like the old uh, Reeves and Mortimer, when he says, but Bob, how does it work? He says, <laughs> I don't know. It just does. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um. So how long have you been practising for now? I've
1: now been practising, I've a young practice for us uh, for five years. Wow. wow. Five years, my night. And it's 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 doing really well. Um, loving it i still do a little bits and pieces a uh, totally different type of work i do i still do a little bit of security now and a little bit of security consultancy and um, some rib and um, some rib in. i still do a little bit of that so i just like to keep myself busy keep me hand in, you know mm. it's all good it's all good varieties
0: of spice of life and all
1: that exactly never get bored i've always said that bored people get bored
0: Hmm. Yeah, true as well. Mark. Um, what, 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 what do you think uh, we could do better in the, in the grand scheme of things for for lads in the mill and lads leaving the mill to try and, to try and combat this in effect because mm. it is it seems to be getting worse as well. Everyone keeps talking about how we're becoming more aware of it and we're doing more to, to stop it. But all I ever seem to be hearing is is more and more lads that are, are, are taking their own lives, and and you know, and and that. What, what what can we do more? Or what can we do? It's
1: it's got to start at unit level. It has to. I believe it has to start. Uh, maybe identifying the problem more with. Um, with the individual, so if the individual can self-identify that he has a problem, Mm -hmm. to go and speak to somebody who is trained, maybe in his unit, uh, probably the sick beer, have more trained staff in the mental health side of things. To educate more that it is, it's okay to speak to your mate, okay to speak to anybody about any type of mental health issues that you think you might have, because the earlier we nip this in the board, the earlier you can square away before it compounds itself mm-hmm. and, and, and things just go from
0: bad to worse. You know. Mm. What well, what advice would you have for anyone who's, who's kind of going through that? That dark, that dark stage there. Get help, on.
1: ask for help. Speak to somebody straight away. Not a problem, just do it. Speak to anybody who you think can help. Your, your mate, your brother, your sister, your mum, your dad, the, in the military, you know, your, your bezier, your corporal, your sergeant, your officer. Just, Just get it out there. Before you do start having massive snugs, mm. you know you've got to talk about it. You have to talk about. It. I can't stress that enough Russ. Mm. Really needs to be out there, and it's not weak. It's not weak to ask for help, you know. If anything, it's mega brave. It takes more and, guts. Oh, man. Honestly, the guts it does take to ask for help is uh, is is unreal.
0: And these are the bravest people in the world who yeah. have who've, you yeah. know been to the. The shit shows yeah. of the world.
1: And every time I see a client, a, a veteran that's been referred to me through a charity, one of the first things I say to them is, Well done, first of all, for asking about help. Mm. You're actually halfway there now. And mm. in they're in the sort of like in there. And you see them sort of like, mm. and then the, it starts to process that. Will process in them, oh, fuck, yeah, he's right, and honestly, and then it just flows,
0: hmm. it will flow. I wanted to ask you about um, obviously, you said you've worked with other people, not just veterans. Mm-hmm. I know we spoke about this briefly before, but have you seen an increase in uh, we'll call civvies as such, or you know, people who will are, who aren't working dangerous, jobless in the military, they're just working you know, call it a normal job in in a normal nine to five. Have you seen an increase in that due to like not just due to the corona, but like how society is like, you know, the the one thing I said to you before was it's the best time to be alive, but it's also the most stressful time to be alive. Mm-hmm. Are people starting to realise that and are more are more civvies starting to reach out for help or
1: Yeah. Yeah. I do see a lot of members of the general public you've got to call them now, haven't you?
0: Uh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> the general public. And yeah, and it's it's more stress, anxiety. Um, those are the main things I see. And in the majority of the time, they just need to learn how to relax, mm. as they've got these other think in their mind, which is fueled by the media, mm. social media, all these all these outside influences that we probably didn't have a few years ago, you must look like this, you must eat this, you must act like this. It's it's as all it's almost as if there the big brother wants you to be this person that is a hundred miles an hour, needs to do this, needs to say this, needs to act like this. When really you don't you just need to learn how to bloody relax more. And once you learn how to relax more, how how easy your day-to-day life will become, mm-hmm. and it really is that easy. Just learn how to relax, and that can be honestly, that can be taught in an hour of me,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and 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 I get that many people after the after they see me for even one one session of one hour, that uh, just improves their life, their health, their lifestyle, hundred mm-hmm. percent. You know, um, unbelievable, mate. Yeah. The power of the mind is absolutely awesome. The subconscious mind is 30,000 times more powerful than the conscious mind. Is it? It is. And in In the words of Audrey Hepburn, nothing is impossible as the word itself says, I'm
0: possible. Love it. Love it. Um... So what's what's next then, dude? You're just gonna continue continue fighting the good fight, yeah. spreading the word. Yeah, I just keep cracking on, I just
1: yeah. As long as there's people out there that need help with their mental health, I will be here for them, uh, either in private practice or through the help of Squatty Charity. Uh, yeah, that's. That's what I keep doing and I'll keep on keeping on and as I say to all my clients no matter where where they're from no matter what they do the background where they've been where they're going to if you can wake up every morning with a smile on your face you or A success, mm. and honestly, every morning I wake up with a smanky <laughs> <laughs> Morning, glory!
0: I <laughs> do to know about that, but, um, but yeah, man, you, you how, how right are you though? Because ultimately, you woke up, yeah, you know, it, you're off to a flyer, man, you, mm. you know. So, um, mm-hmm. no, I love that. You're at, uh.
1: good i think that's it bro bruce i'll tell you what it is mate it's been a pleasure and a privilege speaking to you mate thank you so much for coming up great to see you again and mate i wish you all the best with all these hoofing projects you're doing mate i watched them all you give entertainment joy and everything, mate. You're given, you have given everything to people out there, which which is just awesome, mate. And you're loving the life in the van, loving loving everything you're doing, mate. Since I last seen you mate, you've just went from strength to strength. You've matured, become this mega confident bloke. And mate, I am blown away by what you're doing. I, I am, I, admit, I am, I am, I am honoured to have you in my house.
0: Wow, mate, you didn't have to say that, and I, you know, what? I, I, I appreciate that. Um, and then thank you. I guess is is all, is all I can say to that. Um, thanks for saying that. I appreciate it. And it's uh, it's been way too long, dude. Far too long. Far too long. You know, fucking.
1: I need to get a little, um, to get a little van mate and, and just fucking um, chase you around Europe. with me. you you do van life is the future, yeah, man. I'd be like a mobile, ever mobile, a mobile therapist.
0: No, there's a plan. Well, there's there's, there's, a plan, there's an man.
1: idea, man. Go from town to town and righting the wrongs. Exactly, thing. man. Exactly. Sorting people's heads out along the way.
0: I love it. I love it. Right. <laughs> let's uh, let's wrap it up. Massive <laughs> thanks for coming brofing, on, bro. mate. Brofing. Thank and, you again the pleasure is mine and uh that's it cheers dudes (laughs) there you go um first up i just want to say a massive thank you to to steve again for for taking the time to sit down with me uh and open up about his his past struggles and then also go into great detail about you know moving past them and, and and moving forward as a as a therapist um truly an inspirational story Um, if anyone out there is kind of struggling with their mental health uh, I think the one thing you know as Steve said many times just just talk to someone reach out Uh, it can be your boyfriend your girlfriend your brother your sister your mum your dad anybody out there just you know start talking start reaching out and um, good things will, will, will follow from there anyway that's this week's episode I guess I'll catch you on the flip side. Let